In the early days of the church, many born-again Jews truly believed that Christianity was simply an extension of Judaism. Therefore, they considered all of the basic tenets of the Jewish faith, specifically the Old Testament law, the dietary regulations, the rite of circumcision, and many other Jewish religious observances, to still be the foundation of their new faith in Christ. They were trying to mix the Old Covenant with the New. Paul, the Apostle of Grace to the Gentiles, boldly proclaimed that circumcision and all other adherences to Jewish custom and law were not necessary for salvation. His constant struggle with legalistic Jews is well documented in the book of Acts. Although written for the same purpose as Romans, Paul's letter to the Galatians contains several strong and harsh rebukes against legalism. He started out by saying, If anyone preaches any other gospel than what I preached, let them be accursed. That's in Galatians 1 verse 8. Then he repeated himself for emphasis in verse 9. Paul also called the Galatians foolish and bewitched for believing this legalistic lie, telling them that if they were trusting in such things as circumcision for their salvation, they had fallen from grace. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Galatians 5 verse 4. Romans presents these same truths, but from more of a doctrinal standpoint. Whoever wrote Hebrews, and I tend to believe it was Paul, also dealt with these very same things. Written specifically to a religious Jewish mindset, the book of Hebrews argues faith in the finished work of Christ using Jewish traditions, the Old Testament patriarchs, tabernacle, priesthood, sacrificial systems, and among others, are all showing how Jesus perfectly fulfilled it all. Romans expounds the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to both Jewish and Gentile believers. It's written to everyone. Anybody who truly understands and embraces its message will be forever changed in a way they relate to God. The revelation of God's grace contained in Romans delivers believers from a performance mentality which bases relationship with God on our own efforts to a total trust and reliance upon the Lord, His goodness and grace. Salvation is all about God's faithfulness, not ours. This revelation is foundational for maintaining a close relationship with God. We might do good for a while, but the truth is that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3, verse 23. We need a Savior. We must constantly place our faith in God's goodness and not our own. The Gospel Paul opened the letter with salutations and greetings. He commended the believers in Rome for how their faith was being spoken of throughout the world. Then, after expressing his desire to visit them, he summarized the message of the entire book. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. The first five chapters of Romans communicate how the gospel is the power of God. It's what produces the life of God in people. Before we go into all of this, we need to define the word gospel. It's become a religious term that has actually lost a lot of its meaning today. Many people associate gospel with anything that has to do with religion, 
specifically the Christian religion. But the word gospel literally means good tidings or good news. The Greek word euangelion, which was translated gospel in 74 New Testament verses, was so rare in writings outside of the New Testament that it's found only twice in the extra-biblical manuscripts we have access to. The reason for this is because this word not only meant good news, but it was actually described nearly too good to be true news. There wasn't much in the world that was nearly too good to be true before Jesus came. But the biblical writers adopted this word because it was very descriptive of what the Lord did for us. The gospel is good news, and not bad news. That definitely limits what we mean by the word gospel. Many things that aren't good news have been promoted as the gospel. For instance, quite a few people in the so-called Christian culture of the United States associate the gospel with teaching that says, You're a sinner. If you don't repent, you're going to hell. Now these are true statements. There is a heaven and a hell, a God and a devil, and you will go to hell if you don't repent and receive salvation. But even though all of that is truth, it's not good news. A free gift. Many people have mistakenly thought that preaching on hell and scaring people out of it is the gospel. That's not what Paul taught in Romans. As a matter of fact, as we dig deeper into